Thanks for tuning in to the teaching ministry of Mike Hilson, Senior Pastor of New Life Wesleyan Church of La Plata, Maryland, a church that plants churches, and of Where You Are Church, an online church helping people reconnect with God through practical content and a growing community. We're so glad that you're taking the time to listen to this week's message, and we hope that this teaching helps you love God and love people better every day. If you enjoy what you hear today, consider sharing it with someone else. Now, enjoy today's teaching. We want to start a new series today, and it's called, it's called My Life Examined, because we must always consistently, constantly examine our lives. Now, I, when we take communion in the church, one of the things I want to do when we take communion is I constantly want to point people toward re-examining their life and, and, and what's going on, because communion is one of those things, the Apostle Paul points out, that you should not take communion in an unworthy manner, that you should be very careful uh, and so what, what I think we need to do is we, when we come to communion, this is why I think it ought to be done regularly at churches. I'm not going to argue weekly or monthly, but it should be done regularly because it's a moment when you re-examine where you are in your life. What's in my life that needs to go away? What's good? What's wrong? What needs to happen to change? All of those things need to be dealt with on a regular basis. And so what we want to do right now is we want to jump into a series we're going to call My Life Examined. And in this series, we want to examine where am I in my overarching lifestyle, my overarching thinking, my overarching actions, where am I in that? And look, here's how we want to do this. We, we believe that our life examined really kind of, it, it kind of works its way through four, uh, four areas to get me to how my, how my life is working, how I'm living this out. And so it all starts with, it all starts with, if I'm going to examine my life, it starts with knowledge. It starts with, with how do I think? What, what is, and we're going to talk about this today. What is my worldview? Uh, what, what do I see in the world around me? How do I understand the world around me? And then it moves from knowledge to faith. And in faith, it's a matter of my trust. What do I trust in life? Because the thing you say you have faith in, you actually must trust in this life. And so faith becomes the next thing. So what I know, my worldview, how I see things, my faith, what I trust, and then it moves to character. Character, in my mind, is a matter of what do I desire? What is my desire? Look, you can change your do, but if you don't change your want to, you'll always go back to a bad do. If you're in a bad pattern of doing and you don't change your want to, your desires, you're going to fall back in the bad pattern of doing. So we're going to talk about desires and how those can be changed. All of that leads around to action, which is in the end my mission. And people who fail to think through what is my mission in life, those people tend to miss the best God has for them because they're not on a mission. They're just kind of making it through day after day and just kind of meandering through life. If you're not going to do that, then you have to have a life that is examined. You got to think about your worldview. You got to think about what you trust. You got to think about what you desire and then get around to your mission. How does all of that point me toward what God put me here for? And so that's really what we want to do over the next four weeks is we want to talk about these four things. Now, listen to me. What we're giving you here is not a one-time sermon series to fix a one-time problem one time. What we're giving you here is a life tool that you'll use over and over and over again to re-examine your life as you go along. 
So let's jump into the, the idea of knowledge, uh, dealing with knowledge or my worldview the way I view the world. Now, the reason I use the word worldview is the idea of truth, what can be known in today's world is many of you, in fact, uh, you, you you'll take different avenues on this for truth, and you'll you, you'll you'll believe this or you'll believe that or you'll listen to this person or you'll listen to that person, but in the end, there is a truth in Scripture that should mark that should that should design our worldview. That's what we want to talk about today. Now I'm going to be very honest. Uh, what we're going to read is I'm going to I'm going to I want us to read the entire chapter of chapter ten of Acts. And that's going to take a minute. And if I just sit here and read this to you, I'm afraid you'll you'll disconnect. You'll I, I'm just afraid it won't it won't be engaging. So what I've done is I've asked the team to read the uh, the 10th chapter of Acts for you. And so they're going to read the entire chapter. So would you give your attention to them as they read? And then I'll be back in just a few minutes. At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion in what was known as the Italian Regiment. He and all his family were devout and God-fearing, and he gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. One day at about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius. Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord? He asked. The angel answered, Your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Now send men to Joppa and bring back a man named Simon, who is called Peter. He is staying with Simon the Tanner, whose house is by the sea. When the angel who spoke to him had gone, Cornelius called two of his servants and a devout soldier, who was one of his attendants. He told them everything that had happened and sent them to Joppa. About noon the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up to the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat, and while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven opened and something like a large sheep being let down to the earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals, as well as reptiles and birds. Then a voice told him, Get up, Peter. Kill and eat. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times and immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven. While Peter was wondering about the meaning of this vision, the men sent out by Cornelius found out where Simon's house was and stopped at the gate. They called out asking if Simon, who was known as Peter, was staying there. While Peter was still thinking about the vision, the spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you, so get up and go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. Peter went down and said to the men, I'm the one you're looking for. Why have you come? The men replied, We have come from Cornelius the centurion. He is a righteous and God-fearing man who is respected by all the Jewish people. A holy angel told him to ask you to come to his house so that he could hear what you have to say. Then Peter invited the men into the house to be his guest. The next day Peter started out with them and some of the believers from Joppa went along. The following day he arrived in Caesarea. Cornelius was expecting them and had called together his relatives and close friends. As Peter entered the house, Cornelius met him and fell at his feet in reverence. But Peter made him get up. Stand up, he said. I am only a man myself. While, while talking with him, Peter went inside and found a large gathering of people. He said to them, You are well aware 
that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with a, or visit a Gentile. But God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without raising any objections. May I ask why you have sent for me? Cornelius answered, three days ago, I was in my house praying at this hour at three in the afternoon. Suddenly a man in shining clothes stood before me and said, Cornelius, God has heard your prayers and remembered your gifts to the poor. Send to Joppa for Simon, who is called Peter. He is a guest in the home of Simon the Tanner, who lives by the sea. So I sent for you immediately, and it was good of you to come. Now we are all here in the presence of God to listen to everything the Lord has commanded you to tell us. Then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ who is our Lord of all. You know what has happened throughout the providence of Judea beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. We are all witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a cross, but God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He has not seen by all the people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen, by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one who God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on Gentiles. For they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, Surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized with water. They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked Peter to stay with him for a few days. So you just saw this entire story of, of, of the Apostle Peter and Cornelius coming together in chapter 10 of Acts. Now, I, I have to tell you, the, the, the changes, the shift in worldview among these people is just intense. It's very difficult for us to understand. You see, you see, Peter is from a people, the nation of Israel, that have always been chosen people by God. So their worldview, the way he views the world is that they are more important they are more spiritual they are they they are god's chosen so that makes them special a special people and it does so don't anybody get me wrong the way cornelius has been taught to view the world is that they are romans they have conquered the world as far as they're concerned they everybody they fought they have beaten yeah, they're a little bogged down at the moment in 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 Europe fighting the Celts and all and and I and the Germanics all of that I, all that's true but but they they they've won every battle they they are the dominant force in their known region of the planet at the moment and so he views himself or Romans as as better as as superior to everyone else because they've beaten everyone else so you've got this you've got this spiritual superiority coming in with peter you got this military and power superiority coming in with cornelius now layer over that that Cornelius is an officer in the Roman army, which is occupying Jerusalem. So literally you have 
Peter, who sees him as spir- himself as spiritually superior, but who is being oppressed by the Roman army, representing here by Cornelius. And so you've, you've got these two absolutely opposite people that God needs to bring together. Now, one thing that's interesting, and you'll notice that before before they meet each other, God comes to each of them separately in a vision. Why? Because God has to prepare their hearts to receive one another. God comes to Cornelius and says, you're going to go talk to a guy named Peter because he's got something to say to you. And Cornelius has to process before he even sends his men. I'm going to have to learn something from, from a Hebrew, from a, from a Jewish person. God then gives Peter this vision and says, don't call anything unclean that I've called clean. And, and Peter has to process before anything that God is now calling things clean that Peter's always seen as unclean, even people, even foods. And so all of that happens ahead of time so that when these guys show up at Peter's house, Peter immediately says, okay, okay, I'll go with you. Why? Because God told me to. You see, my worldview will determine, and here's where I want to start with this, my worldview will determine my compassion. Uh, If Peter had not had, if God had not prepared Peter's heart, then when these Roman soldiers show up at his house and say, Cornelius wants wants to talk with you, he would have had a reaction that was negative. Had, had God not prepared Cornelius's heart, and then Peter came and said, God told me I, that there's something you need to learn from me, he would have had a negative reaction. Instead, God prepares their hearts so that they will have compassion on one another, and they will be able to listen to one another many, many years ago almost 30 years ago now in my life, I was standing at the back of the church in um, in Hickory, North Carolina, where we were pastoring. And a lady walks up to me and says to me, I, I want to meet with you. I'm ready to get involved in the church and start to start to serve, but I need to tell you some things first. The Holy Spirit in my head said, and this has never happened to me since, but in that moment, the Holy Spirit said to me in my head, this is a man. And, I, and I, I, I brushed it off. I thought, oh, my word, what a strange thought for me to have. But the Holy Spirit did that, and that stayed in my mind overnight. And then the next morning when she came to my office, she sat down and she said, I am actually born a man, and I'm in the process of transitioning. This is 30 years ago, y'all. If God had not prepared me for that moment, I might have reacted in a way that was harmful, that was insulting. I might have reacted in a way that was not compassionate. My worldview determines my compassion. It determines who I'm going to be compassionate toward. It determines how I view other people. It determines how I view the world around me. And my worldview needs to be what God gives me. Listen, years ago, back then, this is what God was doing with me. Because back then when I was a young pastor, my greatest fear was becoming so liberal I didn't believe in the Bible anymore. As I've gotten older and now I passed, I'm still a pastor 30 years later, my greatest fear is not showing enough mercy. Why? Because the Bible's all about mercy. The Bible's all about the grace of God showing mercy to people around him, people that need it, you and I that need his forgiveness. Now, there are truths. There's right and wrong. I see the right and wrong, but my worldview demands from me and will set, will determine my level of compassion. But then Cornelius says, and when he explains to Peter why he's called for Peter, he says to him, I was at my house praying at three in the afternoon, and suddenly a man in shining clothes stood before me, and he said, send to Joppa for Simon, who is called Peter. He's a guest in the home of Simon the Tanner, who 
lives by the sea. So I sent for him immediately. He says, now we are all here in the presence of God to listen to everything that the Lord has commanded you to tell us. So my worldview determines not just my compassion, but it will determine my competence. Here's the deal. Cornelius has been following God. But he does, he has not met the God that he is following. He knows there is a God there. He serves God. But in his Roman world, there is this pantheon of gods. And he seems to realize that there is a God at the top of this. He doesn't seem to understand who that God is. So when he calls for Peter, when when the when 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 the Spirit tells him to call for Peter, and Peter comes in and begins to explain to him who that God is. Cornelius now can grasp, oh, that's the God I'm serving. His competence in understanding God and understanding what is going on jumps by leaps and bounds because he had enough compassion on Peter in the moment because the Holy Spirit called him to it. His compassion opened the door for his competence so that he could actually see what it is he was following. So he could actually know this is what God has called me to. This is the God I'm following. This is what I need to know about him. This is what he expects of me. When you begin to understand who God is. You don't read the Old Testament so we can be more Jewish. You read the Old Testament because it tells you who God is and how God's going to react to each of us and how God's going to react inside of our own lives. And when that happens, you begin to have a competence at hearing the voice of God and following God that you did not have before. Never would have happened in Cornelius's life had he not opened himself up to hearing from Peter. Now, Peter, on the other hand, has something to learn too. While Peter was still speaking these words at the end of his sermon, it says the Holy Spirit came on all those who heard the message and the, and the circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that to get the Holy Spirit had been given out to Gentiles like you and me. And he's just, look, my worldview determines not just my compassion and my competence. My worldview will determine my capacity. All of a sudden, Peter realizes that this gospel, this good news of Jesus, is not just for Jewish people. It's for everybody. So suddenly the capacity goes from Jewish people living within the boundaries of the Jewish nation all the way to all humans around the planet. You literally move. Listen, if this had not occurred, if this had not occurred, and then something else that happens in chapter 15, if those things had not occurred, then then frankly, Christianity would have become just a small sect of Judaism, just a small section, a small denomination of Judaism. But instead, it became a global religion that reached all people, all types, everywhere. Why? Because the capacity was expanded by what the Holy Spirit did. His worldview, Peter's worldview was shifted to the point that he no longer saw this as just a Jewish thing. He saw this as an everybody thing. And it changed the capacity of what God could do in his life. That can happen in our lives. Lives too. And then finally, it says, it says here that, that Peter said at the end, so surely no one can stand in the way of these folks being baptized with water. They've received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked Peter to stay with them a few days. Look, my worldview will determine my capacity. My, 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 I'm sorry, my compassion. My worldview will determine my, my competence. My worldview will determine my capacity. And in the end, my worldview will determine my community. 
because I will not make people part of my inner circle community who I do not believe belong here. If my worldview is not open to them, I will not bring them in. But when Peter baptizes these Roman soldiers, Peter baptizes his oppressor into the family of believers that he's a part of. He not only brings them into the generalized community, he brings them in close and identifies them as followers of Jesus Christ. They become a central part and absolute part of the community at this point. Here's what I need you to know. You need to let the Bible, the Holy Spirit and the Bible determine your worldview. Understand the overarching story of the Bible. The overarching story of the Bible is from Eden lost in Genesis to Eden regained in in Revelation. Understand that grace and mercy goes throughout all of this and understand there's truth in here that must be followed. All those things are true. When you balance all of those and you begin to let the Holy Spirit work in your mind, you'll end up with a worldview that sees the world as God's, as as belonging to the God of the Bible. You'll see the world as, as God wants to reach everyone. Peter says this in his own book. He says not willing that any should perish, but that everyone would find salvation. And in, 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 in the end, you'll understand that God wants you to have compassion on everyone around you. He wants through the Holy Spirit to dig you deeper every single day in your competence and knowing him and following him. He wants to expand your capacity beyond what you could possibly imagine. And in the end, he wants you to to make community with people that you have not traditionally done that with. There are no, there are no people, there are no people that God does not want to save. I used to say in the church, you don't have to reach everybody with the gospel. You only have to reach the ones Jesus died for. Everybody's got that, right? You heard what just happened, right? He died for all of them. So we do have to reach everybody. We do have to bring them into the community. In order to do that, we got to let God shift our worldview so that we can speak truth in love with mercy and grace overriding all of it. Pray with me. Holy Spirit, we just ask, Lord, that you would, that you would shift our worldview, that you would let us understand, Lord, that, uh, understand the world and everything around us from your perspective. Holy Spirit, I ask that, that you would give us a compassion, Lord, that you would give us a compassion for everyone, Lord, whether we're the oppressor like Cornelius or whether, whether we're the one who sees ourselves as superior like Peter, Lord, I pray that you would shift our minds so that we would have compassion for one another. Lord, that you would expand our competence in knowing how to follow you and knowing how to see you and understand what you want in our lives. Lord, that you would expand our capacity so that we would see opportunity around us to reach anyone and everyone with the good news. uh, with your good news, the good news of Jesus. And now, Lord, we ask that you would increase our community. Let us draw into our community even those that we have not up to now been comfortable with. Teach us, Lord, to see them differently. See them from your vantage point. Make us people that see the world through your eyes. Give us your worldview. And Lord, we'll give you praise for all you do. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for joining us. We really hope that this resource helped you in your journey towards loving God and loving people better every day. If you enjoyed this, please share it with your friends. And lastly, we just wanted to give a special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry. It's because of you that all of this is even possible. If you'd like to learn more about how to partner with us financially, just click give for more information. We appreciate anything that you can do to help. 
Thanks for being a member of our online family. We love serving Jesus with you.